Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another riveting episode of The Conversation. And am I excited tonight? Now, I know I say this with every conversation, but this is extra, extra, extra special, extra excitement tonight. OMG, so happy to welcome here tonight one of my dear friends, the one and only Ben Jealous, who I finally call BJ. And he is the president of the People for the American Way. And he has with him the phenomenal King family, a portion of the King family, not all of the King family. But we have Martin Luther King Jr. III. He is the chairman of Drum Major for for Change. We have Andrea Walters King, president of Drum Majors for Change. And Yolanda Renee King, granddaughter of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. And today we are going to talk about the one place where everyone is equal, the greatest equalizer that we have, and that is the ballot box, the ability to be able to exercise one's right to vote. It is under assault right now in this country. It has been happening generation after generation. It rears its ugly head somehow. No matter how hard we fight, we find ourselves in this particular space over and over again, unfortunately. And I am so glad that we have giant slayers right now among us who are fighting to restore, to protect, and restore voting rights in this country. BJ, how you doing? I'm doing well, it's good to see you. It's so good to see you too and the King family. Just absolutely honored to be with you today as well. So let's get started. BJ, let's start with you or Mr. Ben Jealous, President of People of the American Way. Let me be more formal. Let's talk about this. You have been on this journey too. For a long time, along with the King family, we have the youngest among us, Yolanda. So I can't wait to hear from her and why she is on this journey. I'm sure it's in her DNA, but the encouragement that she can have for people, for young people, people in her generation and younger, and why they should get involved. But Mr. Jealous, please start us off as to why you have been, and you've been really bold in your comments. You have not missed any words about how important it is for this administration and this Congress to rectify Shelby B. Holder and go even a step further to protect voting rights into the future. No, look, that's absolutely right. We've seen more than 400 bills introduced in almost every state in this country seeking to suppress the vote. And what we know is that we need the Freedom to Vote Act to put out the fires that are burning on our voting rights right now. We need the John Lewis bill to prevent the next round of fires that the far right wing has planned. We're at a critical moment when we're about 20 years from whites being a minority too. And for a lot of white folks, that's a good thing. Like my dad would be like, great, finally my people got to get along with other people too. That's perfect. But for a lot of far right wing conservatives, that scares them. And it's really driven them into a sort of an, an insane assault on our voting rights. And that's why I'm so proud, not just of all the activists who have stood up and are putting pressure on Joe Biden, calling on him to call on the Senate to remove any obstacles to passing this legislation, because we have the 51 votes. I'm also very proud of the young people who have been out there in the streets, making sure that this president ensures that when they show up to the ballot box, their right to vote will be respected. Absolutely, and speaking of young people, let's start with the youngest among us, Ms. Yolanda herself. 
So honored to have you, been watching you from afar. So incredibly proud of you, you energize so many people, not just your generation, but even those of us who are young adjacent, you energize. Why right now and why are you putting forth so much of your effort besides the tradition that runs through your family? Why are you in this fight right now? And what words of encouragement do you have for the younger generation? Well, first of all, I would like to start with thank you for having me. And I want to say that this is what's going on in our country is something that's going to occur. It's something long term. So it's not just going to last today and then go away tomorrow. This is going to affect my generation. And one of the most fundamental rights is the right to vote. And the fact that people are making it harder to, um, for us to have a say in this country is really conserving, um, concerning, especially um, since we claim to be a democracy. And so, and it's not only that they're making it hard to vote, but they're purposely trying to silence the voices of the marginalized communities in this country. And so I think it's so important for young people to get involved. And I think it's so important for me to get involved so that we can have the right to vote, so that we can have a say in this country and so that we can say, so that we can put the country in the right direction. Um, many people, and, it, and this relates to all activists. I know that not every activist is specifically working on voting rights, but if you want to get certain bills, such as environmental bills or pieces of legislation that can benefit the environment or make schools safer, um, then you have to elect the right people. And in order to elect the right people, well, what do you have to do? You have to vote. And so I think voting ties to every form of activism. And so that's why it's so important to vote so that we can elect responsible people who will really get these um, who really get these laws that can benefit this country and make places um, safer and make and help and really help solve the issues that we battle to this day. So one of the most fundamental thing and one of the most fundamental things you have you have to have in order to do that is to vote. And so so everything ties to voting. And as for why I got in and for why I got into this, I think it was something that, you know, my parents never forced me to do this. They never said you have to be into activism. And they were like, they even told me it's okay if you don't want to get to this if you don't want to get into this work. But sure. you know, it's almost been it's been a calling. It's almost like when a mosquito, when a mosquito bites you, and and you just want to, um, you just want to scratch the bite. And so that's how I feel activism is to me. Like if I have the opportunity to make change, then I don't want to like sit back because I have I have the opportunity, and really everyone has the opportunity. And so I think for me and for and for the people who get involved into these movements, I feel like they have they have a calling. They have the same mosquito bite as me and they they know that 
they can they can do something and so instead of just watching they're actually out on the streets they're actually taking action and they are doing something they're using their platforms and not just on the streets but it could be artistically um artistically in some sort of way or like writing something such as a book or stories to inspire people or through social media, they're finding ways, their platform, what they're good at, their talent to use it for good. And so, and I think that that's what activism is about, using your platform for good. Speaking of using a platform for good, Madam President, so you have been standing in the gap along with the rest of the family in terms of spreading a message of, of hope, of love, of purpose of purpose and voting is a part of helping everyday people be able to shape purpose. Most people will not ever run for office, but the one place where we all are supposed to be equal is at the ballot box. Why do you think we are right back at a pivotal moment in our country's history when it comes to access to the ballot box? Well, I think it's quite interesting. Last year, there were, um, a massive campaign to get people out and get people involved and vote. And people, you know, people came out and they they heard the call and they voted in numbers like we've ever seen before. And you know, from all accounts, it was you know fair elections, great elections, no problems, no issues. Consequently, since January of this year, over 400, almost 500 um, bills and laws have been proposed in response to what we saw last year, which is people coming out and using their voices as Yolanda talked about and voting. Now we're seeing actual bills that are being proposed to make it harder, not easier for people to vote. And you know, it's quite simple. We stand for laws, laws should lift us up, not limit us. And all of these laws are intentionally targeted to limit the voices of black and brown communities. Yes, and and for me, serving in the legislature at a time when they tried to do that in Ohio, and Ohio was back at it again. And as Ben Jealous laid out, some of this might be tied to a fear of being in the minority position. And so sometimes people do lose their ever loving minds and those types of people should not have the power, but they do. And I certainly do believe that the Democratic Party in particular has not done the requisite work on the state level because that is where we're losing the greatest amount of ground when it comes to voting rights besides what is not happening in that Congress right now. Which leads me to you, Chairman, your thoughts about this moment that we are in right now. Why is it important to call out, call into, not just call out, but say to the Democratic Party that is in charge on the federal level that you must do better and you must do it right now and we cannot wait. Well, democracy is or could be lost in a real sense. That's how critical this moment is in history. My father used to say a voteless people is a powerless people.
And one of the most important steps that we can take is that short step to the ballot box. But yet when you have a democracy that purport, at least purports to be a democracy and elected officials are suppressing people's rights to vote. The most fundamental right that we have that upholds democracy, whereas you stated earlier, where that's all of us should have equal access. And that does not exist in 19 states now and those numbers perhaps will grow. And therefore it is so important to look at the filibuster because that is the only thing that is keeping legislation from being passed. The John Lewis bill, the Freedom to Vote Act, all of those bills that are vitally needed at this time in our country. Federal oversight, when it comes to reapportionment, the federal oversight could say, okay, that was not done fairly and squarely. The Justice Department could come in as it used to under the preclearance a provision of the Voting Rights, the Formal Voting Rights Act that was struck down in 213 by the Supreme Court. In fact, it was eviscerated. That's why we are fighting for legislation now. And it's not for one group of people, it is for all Americans. But the filibuster is a relic. Just like the relics came down, the statues across our nation of Confederate generals came down last year. The filibuster must go because it was used for over 100 years to keep anti-lynching legislation and civil rights legislation from being passed. And so even today, a few weeks ago, the one of the bills was being presented just for debate. They would not even allow it to happen. And then last Wednesday, when we were all in Washington getting arrested, Ben and I, Andre and Yolanda and others, they voted that day the John Lewis bill again down. Uh, wouldn't even let it be debated. That is very sad. It's a sad day for America when this is happening. We can, we must uh, do better than we're doing right now. So we cannot give in, we cannot give out, we cannot give up. Agreed. And Ben, I'm coming back to you. I mean, you have been, you, you wrote a recent op-ed about why you decided to get arrested, why you are continuing this work. You've never really left this work at all. You've just done it in different iterations from you and I being on the campaign trail together for Senator Bernie Sanders to being on policy campaigns to doing the great work that you are doing right now. You have been really strong though. I mean, you have been not, not the word is not strong. You've been very direct. You have not meant words about the critical nature of this moment. And you have not let the party in control off the hook for the type of policy that they can push and what their obligation. I think that's a better way to frame it, that they have an obligation because they are in the majority, despite what the chairman MLK III has laid out, that the fact that they that they have slim numbers and that the Republicans, every one of them voted down the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and you have to have 60 votes because of that filibuster. But you have not allowed the administration nor the majority Democratic caucus to use that in and of itself as an excuse not to fight and to fight hard to expand and protect access to the ballot box. Can you talk to us a little more about what motivated you to be so strong in your language to the Democratic majority and what people can do right now to get involved and to get engaged? Absolutely. You know, we really sprung into action this summer. I got a call from Virginia Case, president of the League of Women Voters, Virginia Case Solomon, the president of the 
League of Women Voters. And she, like me, was alarmed because we had seen Joe Biden in his town hall, President Joe Biden in his town hall, say that these that you really can't stop people from voting. And as Martin laid out, there's a hundred years of history called Jim Crow that stands counter to that statement. My grandma turns 105 next week. She carries with her the pain of her grandfather, who's one of the last blacks to serve in the Virginia legislature during Reconstruction. He had to watch his colleagues vote to suppress the votes of his constituents to ensure that men like him would never be able to run again. And of course, black men were kept out of the Virginia legislature following that for for over 50 years. So we needed to teach President Biden a lesson, which is quite frankly, the people who elected you, the people who got you through the primary had every expectation that you would keep their promise and and have our backs when it comes to protecting the voting rights of everybody in this country. And that's one of the reasons it's such so so exciting to, you know, um, partner with Martin and his family because his family has a, a tradition of helping presidents find not just their extra courage, but their extra political capital. Um, you know, as Martin's told the story many times about his father helping Lyndon Baines Johnson figure out that after he passed the, the Civil Rights Act, he would have to step up again and pass the Voting Rights Act. And so it is for Joe Biden. You know, he's saying, yes, we're counting on him to, to make sure our economy keeps moving forward. But as the American people, we also expect that he will do everything in his power to preserve our democracy. And if President Trump could call on the Senate to create a carve out in the filibuster to pack the Supreme Court with far right wing justices, Joe Biden can certainly do it to save our democracy. Amen to that. And Andrea, if the president does not act, if this Congress does not act, where does that lead us? And what does that say about the the commitment to voting rights and especially the unique experiences of African American people who give over 90% of their vote to the Democratic Party? No, I think that there really is not an option for no action. And I know that all of us that are that are here today and so many more in our coalition are committed to continue um, until this is a reality for all. You know, we started we this summer we had um, on the 50th anniversary of the I Have a Dream speech, we had nine 100 marches um, in 41 states all on one days. We partnered with. Um, March on drum major, NAN, SCIU, and Future Coalition. So we also had in on that massive day of action all 300 national groups to sign on along with us to support um, the marches and the protests that were going on all across the country. So you know this is something that we are that we're going to continue to do. You know I for many years I worked for an organization that monitored hate crimes and hate groups. And one of the co-founders of that organization was Reverend C.T. Vivian, whom I consider a mentor. So, you know, I've had the distinct pleasure and honor of working with people who actually have changed this world. So I I understand that this can be done. Um, The sacrifices of which um, have to be made to make it 
done um, and ultimately that it will be done. And uh, Martin III, what would you say to people who are really frustrated right now about the fact that in the 21st century, black people are standing in the gap? And as you said, this is for everybody, it's not just for African American community. Every time we move, every time civil rights uh, happen, it happens for all. But the African American community is uniquely positioned, has a unique experience in this realm. What do you say to people who are increasingly frustrated that we find ourselves in the 21st century begging in a way, maybe I shouldn't use the word begging, but really pushing very hard, I'll use that, a democratic president and a democratically controlled Congress to stand up and do the right thing on behalf of expanding and protecting the well, right to vote. First of all, I would say that every time we garner gains, there are setbacks, every single time. And you, we have to understand sort of what Yolanda was saying, and that it, this is not a sprint. I wish it could be a sprint and we were done. It's a marathon. And then my mother used to say that freedom is never permanently given. Every generation must continue to earn its freedom. And so that's why I say we have to stay on the battlefield. Now, it's all right to retreat a little bit, but we have to constantly work. And if we look to what our brothers and sisters on the right wing did, President Obama told us when he first got into office, I need you to continue, not just to, not to go home and sit down, but to continue to challenge and work with me. Most people went home and say, "Oh, you got it. Oh, you're gonna do the right thing. You have to stay out there. Our brothers and sisters on the right, extreme right, they never take a break. They're constantly there. We need to take an example from them also. But the goal is to move our nation forward in a way where all people can participate and we don't lose any rights, although it feels like we've lost a lot. I think the higher point though is, what happened last year after George Floyd tragically was killed was the whole world was galvanized for the first time. And although those demonstrations have gone away to some degree, they are not going away. That sentiment, which is led a lot by young people, young blacks, young whites, young Latinos, even young Native Americans. There were every group of individuals in our nation who were in those movements all over the world. That is not going anywhere. So although it looks like we might be losing, we have to keep fighting, stay vigilant. As I said, we can't give up, we can't give out, we can't give in. We have to continue to move forward and we ultimately will be successful. Yeah, amen to that. And Yolanda, what do you say to your peers about getting involved and getting engaged? As we know, most of the movements that have happened in this country have had people from every single generation engaged. And in the 21st century, we're seeing that freedom fighting spirit emerge, whether it's the Black Lives Matter or the Sunrise Movement, young people fighting to preserve, the, to save the climate, save Mother Earth for us right now and to future generations. If you were talking to young people right now and they were kind of hedging on whether or not they could have influence or power, whether or not they can make a difference, what would you say to them to get them encouraged to get involved? Well, I would say that one of the biggest roadblocks that we that many people have to not making change is that they think that all activists have to be like amazing public speakers and and great at public speaking and and just 
and an extrovert, but really activism is about using your platform for good. And that platform doesn't just have to be speaking. There are many ways that you can you can get involved. You can get involved by writing letters and um, giving feedback to our politicians. You can get involved by, um, as I was stating earlier, creating visual art or creating music or writing stories or books or starting a book club that focuses on reading certain books that revolve around these issues and then talking about it or starting a club at your school or getting a group of friends. This could be like a few a few friends and go to a protest, go to a peaceful protest together about an issue you are passionate about. And you can you can make signs because a lot of times art is a big part of many of these demonstrations. So you can make signs and and you can go with your friends and there would not be a demonstration without there would not be a demonstration without the actual participants there, without all the people there saying Absolutely. that, say, saying, actually, <laughs> yeah, say, actually communicating that, look, we, we agree with you and this issue is important. And so I think that there are so many ways. So find a talent, find something that you know you are good at and draw that to activism. That is my- and Get involved. Yeah, I appreciate that, Yolanda. Basically you're saying do what you can, where you are, what you have, and that there is space in this movement for everybody. Everybody's voice is needed. Been jealous, people for the American way. How do people find? The people for the American way and how can they get involved? Yeah, you can go to pfaw.org and sign up. We will be out in front of the White House on the 17th, approximately 10, 10.30 a.m. So please join us at Lafayette Square again on the 17th of December. You can sign up if you're willing to risk arrest outside the White House. We will have our largest turnout by far on the 17th. We need you out there. If you're willing, as young Miss King said, to just be there and to show your support, you know, bring your sign, make your art. We need you there too. Um, so again, on the 17th at the White House. And if you can't be there, please just call the White House and demand that the president call the Senate and tell them to just pass the voting rights bills, get the filibuster out of the way. It's time. It is time. And to the King family, the Drum Major Institute, I'm sure that people can find that uh, online. And your your web address is? Drummajorinst.org. Um, All right, so let's follow support. The Drum Major Institute, People for the American Way. We all have an obligation to uplift this democracy and to protect it, as both the King family has laid out and Mr. Ben Jealous has. We cannot sit on the sidelines in a representative democracy. We must be in it. I'm asking you all to keep the faith and, more importantly, keep the fight. We all have a role to play. Thank you for joining us on the conversation. Thank you.